Good morning, good day, and good evening. Welcome to episode 139 of Tech Over Tea. I am, as always, Brody Robertson, and today we have Daboomon, who is a small streamer, mostly Minecraft, and also a local South Australia boy. How are you doing? Excellent. Absolutely. Hang on, I've had a, I had a great week this past week, so. Well, yeah, now that it's especially, uh, you know, the weather's clearing up a bit, it's not raining as much, we're actually starting to see some warm weather. It is kind of nice. Yes, it is. How is the weather in your house? I, I noticed the bricks. So you, you were saying some weird stuff about your house. Like, how does your room get, like, really hot? Because mine, mine's a bit of a mess right now. Given that it's mostly glass, um, yeah, the temperature does tend to get pretty hot sometimes. It It's surprisingly not as bad as outside still, so. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I just have my um my window over here. I don't think you can see it with the camera you're seeing. I've got my window open over here, though. But there's no fucking yeah. breeze, so it doesn't matter anyway. Mm. I have to close half my blinds and there's still too much light coming in from the, from the thing. It's like, oh, great. One of the reasons why I generally don't stream during the day because it's just like the lighting is just... Mm. Well, yeah, you stream, like, what, you usually start at, like, 11 o'clock, 10, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, 9, 10 o'clock. Yeah. Sometimes 11. <laughs> I, I, I have to psych myself up beforehand. It's like, come on, got to do this. <laughs> Oh, wait, hold on. What's this YouTube video? Mm. Just always getting distracted by something or rather. Yeah, that's just, why I like to set like that. hard times when I'm doing things. Like I'm going to stream at this time every time because, you know, it is it is pretty easy to start procrastinating. Especially like mm. I do the same thing with my videos because I don't have a set time for those. So they've been slowly creeping later in the day. Now I usually start around 11 a.m. But I still have time to get them done. So like, you know, at the end, it's not the biggest deal. Yeah. That's pretty fair. Well, you play a lot of Minecraft, and I have not... I, I, I stopped playing Minecraft... What? Back at the end of the beta. I think the last Ooh. update I played on... Yeah, so a long time at this point. Yeah, the last that's, update you're I, an oldie. Because mm, I played all the way... I know the update I started on. It was 1.3.01. It was the bed update. One point, yeah, one point three underscore one or whatever it was. Oh yeah, that was a good update. Mm. I remember that one. But it's it's so weird to be in a community where most people had started after one point release. Mm. It's like, oh shit, you like, didn't I, know that. <laughs> like, I've spoken to some people who like started after that point. And they're like, wait, the Ender Dragon wasn't in the game at one point. Beds weren't in the game. Like, yeah, the game used to be really simple. Like. A lot mm. of the stuff that we see, and I, I occasionally check back in, like, with updates that are happening, a lot of the stuff that you see in, like, the vanilla game now is stuff that used to be mods. It's sort of bringing a lot of those those features in. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, I remember when they, when they added pistons. Mm. That, was a, that was a fun time. I was like, oh, wait, I don't have to install the mod anymore? I Damn. remember the, um, the drama about that because the, the addition to the game was basically the same thing but they weren't crediting any of the mod creators at the time, even though they are like, basically ripping the mod and slightly yeah. different textures. Well, there was a slight difference. The, um, they, they had the normal pistons and the sticky pistons, but the normal pistons in the mod, I, I seem to recall, used to throw the items. Mm -mm -mm. Now you have to use, like, a 
a block to sit on top of that to make it throw the items. Right, I right, right. What right. it was, I think it was slime. No, it wasn't slime. I can't remember. <laughs> it was. I think it was the same thing with the um the potion brewing as well. But I know that when they added the <clears throat> when they added the end and you know the credit scene and all that, I think they did start to credit some of those people. Mm. If I recall correctly. Um, but the last thing I saw from uh, about Minecraft was there was like a was it a competition or something about adding a new mob and they're gonna add like <sighs> camels into the game. They they do that sort of stuff quite regularly. I mm. honestly I don't get it, really get into that sort of thing. I just sort of let it go and go. Yeah yeah yeah. And because I, I I prefer to go. Oh cool, they added something new, mm. and 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 see it when they add it. Mm, like yeah, it's it's cool that people get a say in it. Don't get me wrong, it's like incredible. But it's otherwise it's like eh. no, see I, what see what happens and see what I can do with it. Yeah, like you it. you sort of see all of it before it's happened, and then. By the time it's in the game, you're already like lost all of that hype, and no, I, I, I get it's yeah. sort of the same with basically any game out there. Like you can get very into into sort of the pre-release stuff, and mm. then you know sometimes it's kind of disappointing when you actually see it in the game proper. There's only been a few times where I've gone ahead and used the uh, snap weekly snapshots instead mm. of the normal ones, and that's when I've heard that they're adding a feature that I really wanted or like that's been hyped up for so long it's like i just want to get a get a, get a hold of it and use it and yep yep, yep. Ooh, yeah let's try this um oh mm. i thought you were gonna say something there <laughs> <laughs> no there was a, there was a time when i used to be like super into the into like there's a bunch of they probably still are now but at the time there was a bunch of youtubers who would like play every snapshot and go over every basic little change being added every change that might be slightly exciting in any possible fashion, but like, you know, that seems mm. like a pretty good content grind to be on. To be honest, like it's a, it's forever yeah. bringing you new stuff and stuffs being removed and added. Like, you know, I it would bore me to death to do content like mm. that, but I get it. It makes sense. And I get why it's popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I used to be big in the modding scene as well when I was messing around with uh, installing mods and stuff mm. like that. Uh, the only reason I stopped was actually because for some reason my current internet service provider doesn't like it when I install mods. I don't know why. I can't connect to servers outside of my own network when I... I don't know. I need to figure that out and figure uh, out what the heck's going on there. It's it's only that specific thing, though. Like, I uninstall all the mods and everything works fine. It's like, hmm, why is this happening? Like, so I used to be able to go, oh, let's have a 300 mod set up with, mm. with all that sort of stuff, connect to a... Uh, service done on my local VPS or something like that, mm -hmm. and then, and then everything works fine. Then I switch to the NBN. I go to connect to the server. I'm like, why can't I connect? Why is it coming up with a netty error? Mm -hmm. It's just, just. I am. It's it, really annoying. I am in the process of messing around with the NBN. So right now, I've got a um, fiber to the node connection. Uh, for anyone listening. Uh, NBN is National Broadband Network. It's our national internet connection thing. Um, so right now I've got a fiber to the node, but I'm in one of the suburbs where they are like laying down fiber to the home. So uh, yeah. I'm in that process of switching, but I've got a problem with this. So my housemate paid to get the box installed early. 
because uh, mm. you can do that if you want to. But oh, then yeah. NBN didn't update the information on their side, so we have the box installed, but our ISP doesn't think the box is installed. So they're going to send someone out yeah. to install a box. And now we have to like oh, yeah. wait for them to like work out what the hell they're doing. I want a fiber connection. Like, just... I got... I got five of the street right now. It's it's not bad. Mm. I do remember they had to come into the house and run a new cable because our our um old uh, copper connection was shot mm. completely. We were before we were using this, we were on Telstra cable, and it was just like this is horrible, but it works. Yep, yep. What do you actually got as a connection right now? Hmm? What what is your connection speed right now? Uh, I believe we got the one hundred over twenty package. Uh. So. We've got the the fi- what the fifty by whatever it is right now. It's I don't know probably why... fifty twenty. Yeah, yeah, something like that. A hundred is hundred forty, I believe. Mm. But you might only get twenty because of like you know peak hours and nonsense. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I, I'd have to relook that up. But uh, when we upgrade to the fiber connection, we're gonna get two fifty by whatever it is. I'm very happy for the 250 connection like it's it's only gonna be like 100 bucks a month between two people it's it's not that expensive i did notice there's a couple of places now that are offering gigabit and i i would love that it would be nice that would be epic it is very very suburb dependent though so it's like it's it's very hard to find. Mm-hmm. I think I remember finding a service provider that laid fiber directly to your house for you, and it yep. wasn't associated with NBN. And I think they only did an area in New South Wales or something like that. I'm like, damn, yeah, that are, sucks. I was actually kind of surprised to find out there are a couple of little companies like that. I think there might be a place like in Broad Meadows or something that has... Uh, like, it's just r- weird random places where you can get those services. I don't mm. understand, like, the rhyme or reason behind why they go with certain places, but I'm sure I'm sure there's something there. Money. That's probably, that's probably it. It's just where the money is. Well, yeah, but, like, I don't think Broadmeadows is a big money place. Yeah, true, but I know you can, um, um, you can do something where you send a message to them and ask, hey, if I pay this much, will you hurry along my connection or something yeah, yeah. like that? So well, maybe that area has done that a lot and they've just decided, let's service that area because mm. clearly they they want good internet so and they're willing to pay for it. So Well, you can do that with the NBN as well. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. But because they, <laughs> because they <laughs> took so long to deal with it, they actually just, so they've still got the box installed. They just gave us a, repo- a refund though. So, uh-huh. yeah, it's... It, we're just waiting on, like, whatever they're going to do. We're, they're supposed to be, you know, getting back to them yesterday. Nothing's happened so far, so, you know, sort of is what it it's is. It's the government. It's just... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's worse to deal with, Telstra or NBN. They're kind of just as bad as each other. Well, one used to be the government and the other one currently is, so... Yeah, well... It's like... Mm. They both have come from that culture. I think either way, it's better than the connections I was dealing with as a kid. Like I had, ancient, like I had a my my house was, it was an old housing trust house that I grew up in, so it was an older house anyway. Ooh. So the copper to the house was also ancient and completely shot. I think, I think the connection I had when I was growing up was 
five by one at most Ooh, on yeah, a that good may, day. That seems about right. I think I had that as well. It was ADSL most... two, but it was basically ADSL one. Yep, yep, yep. Back and then before it... that, it was just straight dial-up. Was I that... didn't. <gasps> I didn't think I ever had a home dial-up connection. I think my first connection was ADSL two, because mm. I grew up in rural Queensland, and I until I was in like grade four. Um, my parents didn't know what the internet was. They didn't want the internet, so we just didn't have the internet. Uh, but when we came to to SA, that's when we got the connection. That would have been around, yeah, it would have been around when YouTube started. So like two thousand and six ish time. My parents took a long time to switch off of ADSL. <laughs> we were sitting in it like I remember when Netflix came out on mm-hmm. like full on download Netflix, mom and dad got a full subscription of that. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm trying to download a game. And then they're like, are you downloading something? Cause they're trying to watch a movie or yep, something yep, like that. Yep. Cause there was only ever enough bandwidth for one thing to happen at any one time. So it was just like, the, uh, the that's, is- that's bullshit over the, room. <laughs> the issue that I had is my sister uh, used to be, like, a pretty big gamer. Honestly, more than I was at the time. Uh, and you know how you open Steam and it starts auto-downloading updates? She would... She had Steam set to auto-open when she uh, booted her system. So it would usually run through updates for, like, multiple hours. This is a couple gig update and you, you have, like, five down. It's going to take a mm. long time to happen. Yeah. So... Half the day, it was basically unusable. I had to go to him like, "Hey, are you downloading anything on Steam?" It's like, "Oh yeah, yeah." I remember my parents also had a strict rule where you couldn't run your computers overnight. Mm, mm. So it was like, "Okay, I've got to download this sixty gigabyte game on an ADSL connection. How fast? Do you, how far do we want? To, how, how do we do this?" Mm. Luckily, Steam could mm. pause downloads. Otherwise, I would have been screwed. But it was like. I can't wait. Wait a whole week to get the whole thing done. Yep, yep. Do you remember how much of a data cap you had back then? Because I started on a 100 gig cap. That's when I first got ADSL 2. I can't remember. It was was a reasonable enough cap that it was Mm -hmm. relatively okay. The download speed was the real problem. Yeah, yeah. I rarely went over it. Well, initially, yeah, that, that was the same for me. When it became a... When it became an issue with the cap that we had, it was when I started watching anime. Because that's when I was, yeah, I was streaming was stuff and we'd get to like 200, 300 gig, like 20 days into the month. And we had like a, I think it was a 200 gig cap at the time. So we got to that point and it's like, well, connection doesn't work anymore. You get like 64k down. Have fun <laughs> with that. Yes, have fun going back to the dark ages. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then when I got my, <clears throat> when we got our first unlimited connection... Back when this was a thing that would happen, you had unlimited asterisk when it was like, it's unlimited, but, you know, you you get 200 gig that's at full speed. We just don't cut the connection off after that. Hmm. It's unlimited in massive quotes with a, with a, with a thousand asterisks and mm-hmm. a thousand pitfalls as to why, why it's not actually unlimited. As much as I don't like the NBN... And it's got a lot of issues, and it had a lot of issues early on. It's better than what we had before. By absolute miles. 
I still get people um, on stream that are surprised that I'm not having any issues when other people are. It's like, mm -hmm. wait, you're in Australia though. Mm -hmm. Why are you? Why are you not having issues? Isn't Aussie internet meant to be bad? It's like, well, it was. Well, it's <laughs> we are where like America was mm. ten, fifteen years ago. So it's yeah. it's not uh, like it's not unusable, but it's not great. Like, 50 mm. down is good enough. You can live perfectly fine on 50 down. Most people aren't watching 4K videos. That's when stuff starts becoming a problem. If you're a family and you have 50 down and you're watching Netflix and stuff, it's good enough. I would like more, but it's good enough. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So, you run Arch Linux. Yes, I do. How did you get yourself into Linux? Like, what? How, did you start with Arch? Did you watch a Luke Smith video? How did this happen? Nah, 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 nah. I started Linux well before Arch. Arch was even a thing, I think. Um, I remember when I was in really young, mm. my church pastor used to give me his old PC magazines. Okay. And every now and then they would have a live CD of a distro or something like that. So it was like APC, PC user and all those sorts of mm -hmm. things. And I seem to remember one specifically was KDE 4.0. Okay. Which was very, very old. And I, I don't, don't think I ever actually installed it, mm -hmm. but I would occasionally boot it up just to mess with it, mm -hmm. just in the live CD. Like, it, it was only really every, like, five, ten minutes, like, sessions. Yep, yep. Because I didn't really know what to do with it at the time. And then it was sort of a a spiral into different things. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I didn't really fully get into any amount of Linux in any practical sense until high school mm -hmm. when I would, they had a fun th little thing where they had not bothered to lock down the bootloaders. Uh -huh. So I installed a puppy Linux USB stick um, and went around, sat down at a computer, plugged it into the thing, and sat there playing Mario for the whole thing using Moopan 64 Plus, mm -hmm. just sitting there lunchtimes, just doing that. That that's generally what I would do, and that was a fun time. It was always fun, and then I'd have wine so I could play play the executable Flash games that you'd find is ah, yeah. get those two variants where they're standard Swift files and uh, Flash get like full on um, Flash game games with the flash player embedded into it mm -mm. and it's like i still want to play those but i can't because they lock down the system so you can't run executables but you can run flash files so it was like hmm all right i have this puppy linux thing let's let's just plug it in and use use wine mm -hmm. back way back when that was my first use of wine um trying to get anything more than that working was way more of a pain than I even knew, so I didn't even bother with it. Yeah. Um, I didn't run Linux full-time until towards the end of my uni. No, no, not the end of my uni, the end of my high school uh, mm. situation when it was, I believe it was year 11 and 12, I would, um, I, we had these laptops that were given out to us year 10. Uh. I think I was, the, I was it, because I was in the IT T courses, I was one of the first to get that thing. Oh, that's cool. It was a scheme where you pay a certain amount of money every year for th over the course of three years. 
and you they essentially give you a laptop with a I have the exact same thing. for the software. Yeah. And so, yeah, it was a government scheme, I think, that they mm. scrapped not long after they created. But so if you got into it, you're really lucky. Mm-hmm. And that laptop was really good. It was a Acer 3830T with a 120 gig SSD and a four gigs of RAM. It was what year it was, was this? pretty reasonable. That was let's see, it would have been year ten when I got that. Let's see, I'm trying to think. <laughs> gotta, gotta <laughs> it's been so long. It's been so long. I I don't have that laptop anymore. Um, mm. but it was. Not bad. I five two four fifty M. I think it was. It okay. wasn't the graphics card variant, but it was pretty reasonable for the for the for the time. Mm-hmm. And after a while, I got really pissed off with Windows for some reason, or something like that. Ended up installing Ubuntu on it, and used that for the rest of the year essentially, until being. I think I was dual booting at the time mm. on one, I, I, and because I got. I got really in with the uh, IT guys at the school. Mm-hmm. So I found myself able to request, hey, um, I need to repair this little part of the laptop because there was an accidental warranty on it and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. While you're repairing it, you mind if you get the guy to upgrade the SSD for me with this SSD? He gave him the Samsung SSD. <laughs> and so next minute I had a 250 gig SSD. And back then it was quite expensive. It was like $250 for it. Oh, wow. It was not cheap. Um. And then they upgraded the RAM as well. So it was like, now I got eight gigs of RAM, 250 gig SSD. The thing actually runs really well. And it was really nice to have a dual booting set up with that. Mm -hmm. And I would, I would sit there and just mess around all the time. It was steam was in its early days. There were some native Linux things. Proton wasn't really that much of a thing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was still painful to get certain things working but for yeah, what yeah. i did it w- was fine i spent most of my time playing terraria anyway <laughs> i miss the the like those early days of school laptop school it because they sort of caught on to how terrible their systems were as as my cohort was going through it um yeah. when i joined my school in grade eight uh, the admin password that would unlock the internet connection that Ooh. would disconnect because they had these like locks for like you know couldn't yeah. launch programs. It was admin. <laughs> the admin password was admin, and they oh, thought lovely. no one would guess it. Just like, yeah, my IT guys were a lot more into it than they than they. Well, when they changed it, they changed it to someone's date of birth, so these guys weren't <laughs> the smartest. Oh no, that's pretty sad. No, the biggest contender we that our IT guys had to worry about was the fact that a lot of uh, uh, teachers did not understand how to um, keep their passwords a secret. That also so happened. Yes, I think I remember one point I was in a class standing behind a teacher. He logged in on his computer. And I saw him type his password out, like finger poking, like bonk, 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 bonk. I'm like, <laughs> I now know your password. Cool. I can watch YouTube whenever I want without mm-hmm. having to pay. Of course, there was a lot other, more other things you could do when you, when they ch- eventually changed the password, because once word got to the IT guys that that was, the thing, that that had happened mm-hmm. and that password had gotten out, it was, now you have to change your password. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine how frustrating the teachers would have been just because... 
oh, you have to change your password now. It got out. Like, mm. what? How did that happen? <laughs> uh, they still got a camera behind you. Yes, that's what happened. In the form of two eyes and a nose. Mm. Um, and yeah, that was always an entertaining situation to see. And then what was it? What else was there? When we had the laptops initially, they were using the original images for the um for the whole school, the same images for the whole school. Uh-huh. So that's what they gave us. Right. So they were completely locked down images and you couldn't do anything with them. But because they were bought laptops that the students were purchasing, people would just go, oh, we're paying for this anyway. Let's just mess with it. And they couldn't really say anything. Mm-hmm. Eventually, they released a specific image for those laptops where it was like, now you have admin rights. Yeah. And it was a lot easier to deal with. You didn't have to worry about uh, logging in, all that sort of stuff. Yep, yep, yep. But most of the laptops had gone out by that point, and a lot of people could not be bothered to go in and get their systems re-imaged. Yep. And they would just grab one of those NT password USB sticks or something like that, or, like, you know, one of those recovery USB sticks. Um, Unlock the local admin password that's on every Windows computer thing, and that's what they would do. It was just, mm-hmm. yep, now we've got access, we're fine. So I knew so many people that were running that local admin account as their main account because of that. It was like, this oh. is really bad because that local admin account, I don't think it ever had, you could ever enable UAC for it or anything like that. Cause it was an administrator account. Like it was like really poor security. I'm just like, mm, that's probably not great. I, when I, when I, when I ended up doing the same thing for my laptop as well. And I think I remember, um, I, Local ad, I got the local admin account and created mm-hmm. myself a sub account for it, but then I installed Linux on it anyway, so I was like, eh. <laughs> it didn't matter in the first place. No, it didn't matter in the end anyway. Um, for my school, it was a little bit harder because we, so you had those Windows devices, we didn't, we mm. had Macs. So when I started school, mm. y- you know, the old white shell Mac, oh, yeah, like the G4s and the but like those sorts of the the twenty twelve it's just like the white clamshell twenty twelve Mac. Um twenty ten, whatever year it was. Plastic ones, I can't remember. Yeah, it was it was like all plastic body. It was it was okay, yeah. gross. Um the G fours. But <laughs> didn't stop us because turns out there is uh, a lot of older games that were made to run perfectly fine on those Macs. So we would play well a lot of uh, games built on the um built on top of the Quake engine turns oh, out they all yes. run on Max. So yeah, cuz people created ports for it and all that yep. sort of stuff. It's like just move the pack files over and everything works. So we're playing things like Urban Terror, Assault Cube, Ooh. things like this. Turns out also Halo um Halo 1 has a Mac version. So we also played nice. Halo 1 and COD 4. Turns out COD 5 also has a Mac version. That reminds me of the uh, library Halo tournaments people used to randomly put on on the PCs there. Yeah. It was like one guy keeping their eye out for the teacher to make sure the teacher, because you can't play, you're not supposed to play those games. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, quick, the teacher's coming. Alt tab. <laughs> yeah, it got and then to... that. Sorry. Then that little piece of software, hideme.exe, is. Yeah, you remember that one? Hideme.exe. Everyone had that. It was. I think it shows up as false positives now on every single antivirus under the sun, but 
back then it was it was basically the quintessential thing that people used to play games during class because essentially what it did was it hid the icon from the taskbar so it looked like it wasn't even running oh <laughs> you just use a hotkey um <laughs> Well, you could just change the icon if you wanted to do that. That would be a much easier way to do well, it. Well, it was it hid the the because it was running still. It, mm. it hid the whole window, the whole icon. Basically, left no trace that the thing was running at all. Oh, so right, so you just hotkey in. A, yeah, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people used that at the time. Mm-hmm. I had a different one. I think I found a virtual desktops app made by Sysinternals that essentially did the same thing, but it was virtual desktop, so mm. you could switch desktops and all that. And I think I remember running that for at least a few months. Right, Windows didn't have virtual desktops back then, did it? It? Was, it had partial capability to do it. It was just never implemented. Okay. What was that, um, Windows 7 then? That would have been Windows 7. I think it worked with Windows XP as well. I'm not sure. Um, I know XP definitely didn't have any virtual desktop. Just search Sysinternals desktops. It's still a thing. Sys- you can still download it and use it. I think, I think it still works with Windows 10. Um, it was something I used quite a lot along with the Sysinternal suite back when I was running Windows on everything. And it was pretty useful. I, re- I've, I really remember that sort of stuff. Wait, did this project get bought by Microsoft? Um, Sysinternals is a Microsoft thing. Oh, um, right. Okay. Ma- that makes sense. It's basically like an external, like internal developers could upload their own projects to it. Oh. Stuff like that. I think, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. I could be wrong. Someone in the comments can correct me, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So this was for Windows 7, 8, 8.1 and 10. Yeah. Oh, that's actually really cool. I didn't know about but that. But it was relatively janky i will admit there was some issues with it that were frustrating to deal with because mm. like i said the functionality was built into the window system of microsoft's mm. operating system so but it wasn't fully implemented there was a bunch mm. missing that had to be compensated for and stuff like that so it worked but it wasn't great mm. it wasn't like what they have now which is essentially the same thing that linux has always had because Windows didn't like have a u- like proper user-facing virtual desktops until eight or was it ten? I, I know ten has them. Ten definitely has them. Yeah, I can't, ten. I can't recall if eight. I think had them. Ten. Ah, oh. oh, I can't remember. I'm just you know why don't I just look up Windows eight virtual desktop and if it tells me anything, then that'll mean <laughs> it exists. That's the easiest way to do things. Uh... Okay, no, it's it's telling you to download desktops. Okay, so ten was the first one that probably yeah. had them then. Mm. And virtual, I had. I don't know how how you use a computer for virtual it. desktops. They're so nice. Oh, it's, it it is. I got Devil's Pie running on my system, so I can because I'm running XFCE, and I've mm-hmm. been running that since pretty much time, the time I switched from Manjaro to Arch. Mm-hmm. And. Devil's Pie is really useful when I, because it's a, I think it's a Lua-based system, and I can use it to send certain applications to, and lock them to certain desktops. And I have it so, um, if anything sits on my right monitor, I can um, lock it to that right monitor, so Mm -hmm. no matter which desktop I've switched to, it's always on that desktop. Oh, that's cool. It's always on that monitor. Um, So I've done that, that sort of stuff. Temporary, rarely disabled at this point in time because different layouts require different things. Sometimes I'm going to disable it. 
Why is uh, XFC the desktop you go with? I don't hear many people running it now. It's simple and easy, and I have a tendency to stick with something that I like when it works. So it's just what happened and thing. Eventually, I'll switch. Once I get an AMD thing, I might, 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 I might go to Sway or thing. I was running i3 as the window manager for XFCE at Mm. one point. Um, that was pretty, pretty good. And then on my laptop before that blew up, um. I was running awesome window manager Ooh. on that one. Which so you do like tiling then? Like that. I do like tiling. I do. I think I prefer something like awesome where you can choose whether you want to tile something or not. Right, right. Something like i3 seems a little too restrictive and a lot of apps aren't designed for things like that. And as a result... i3, you can float windows. It's just... You know, yeah. Yep. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's not as easy as... Yeah. Because some apps, when you launch them, they expect you to be floating. Yeah. Okay. So they program with things and that in mind, and as a result, it just becomes a glitchy mess. Right. 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 With um, awesome, you can set a like a desktop you want everything on this. <clears throat> you want this entire desktop to your floating desktop. Yeah. Mm. Another thing I struggle with is hotkeys. Memorizing that many hotkeys is, is just like. <laughs> it's it's like dying i'm like i've memorized these ones and mm. i know that there are about 30 more that i haven't memorized yeah, yeah 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 and i can't be bothered it's easier to set your own but at the same time it's like then you've got to work out what works for you and that's fair once you set more than like 10 you're getting into forgetful territory again yeah <laughs> i've got a bunch of keys that i half the time forget about like certain things are easy i my keyboard has like dedicated media keys for example so those are easy enough mm. to deal with and like a uh, app launcher and app closing fine but like yeah uh, half the time i forget my keys it's sort of just muscle memory i'm like how do i open my browser again what was the key combination mm. and my hands just go to where it needs to be <laughs> but don't yeah. ask me what i'm actually using for half the stuff <laughs> Yeah, I got media keys here as well, but I, I use them mm. um, all the time. The only thing I don't really use very often is the volume slider because I've got the uh, MIDI pad here that I can that has like MIDI pad a dozen different sliders and all that sort of stuff. So I've got a a Kai MIDI mix um, MIDI um, uh, mixing desk that, that I use for all my mixing stuff. Oh, that's cool. It's it's completely MIDI, so it's compatible with Linux. Easy. Mm. Uh, the only issue is is a lot of them do have third-party configuration softwares. This one's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Before this, I had a Korg Nano Control 2, mm. which was great. The only problem is it doesn't really have dust filters on the sliders. And as a result, it wears out quicker. Mm. Um, and the one... <laughs> I, I think I remember buying the Korg Nano Control from Cashies for about half the cost of um of of the original one, even though it was only a hundred dollars the main one. But that was good. But the software, what you had to run it in Wine so you can configure it so that because with that one it was very configurable. You could set certain buttons to momentary and certain buttons to not, and do yeah. do whatever you wanted and however you wanted it. But it was sort of. A mess. This one is a mess in a completely different way. I'll admit. This way, uh, this one, I 
because there's not as much configuration in order to get things working, I have to use a bunch more MIDI control change plugins and all sorts of other things in the in the patch bay that I'm that I run for it. That sounds like a lot of work just to just to work with that. Yeah. I'm I can't remember if I've tweeted that imi- the image of my patch bay as it currently stands. I'm pretty sure I have at one point. I it might be way down was... in the tweet thing, but yeah, it, it was kind of crazy. Cuz like set up. the only thing that I have to deal with like is the microphone and then my my Yamaha mixing board. But this doesn't have anything like you know, internally on Linux has to deal with. Everything's done directly on the hardware. So there's no, like, messing around with patch bay nonsense. But, yeah. you know, I, I can get why... I can see why that might be a little bit of a problem. Mm. Well, the thing I can do about this is I can I can just set buttons to do whatever I want them to do. So, mm-hmm. you know, you got mute buttons and there's uh, the rec arm button. Because mm-hmm. this thing's meant for recording. Like, voice voiceover recording, stuff like yep, that. Yep, yep. And like, but obviously DJs and stuff like that use it as well. Mm. Um, I I can just set those rec arm buttons to whatever I want. So I've got like, um, I'm not going to push them now because they will activate. Um, <laughs> like a bunch of uh patch bay plugins for like reverb and voice modulation and you know pitch change and stuff like that that are all huh. programmed into the desk as well. Huh. Because I'm running everything through Carla. Yep. Yep. Um. For, for all that sort of stuff. And then I just use QPW Graph to patch ah, everything nice. together. Used to use, back when I was using Jack, I used to use QJack CTL for all that sort of stuff. But it's yep. like, I don't need that now. Mm-hmm. No, no need to. Pipewire is good enough to work. Oh, you are on Pipewire then? Yeah. I switched a little while back. I kind of, uh, you know, maybe I just buy one of these for the memes and just mess around with it because this seems really cool to be honest yeah i have wanted to get another one like one of those uh pad midi pad style ones Mm -hmm. for like uh soundboard and stuff like that Mm because there's a bunch of uh uh uh, lv2 plugins and stuff like that you can use to play wav files Ah. um and so and you can hook them up based on what note they are yeah yeah so you can buy like i think at the church, we've got like a um, a it's a it's another Akai brand thing called an APC Mini, mm-hmm. and that thing is just buttons. It's just one hundred percent buttons. It's got sliders as well. It's the same sliders actually. Um, but it's also like just buttons, and you can just program the, them to do what you want, how you want it, and it just works. Right yeah. now, I've just got that programmed into my stream pie, so I have a Raspberry Pi that runs. Stream Deck software. Oh wow, well. that's really useful. So that's honestly really cool. I've I've not heard of anyone using a setup like that to to like deal with their audio. Yeah, because it sort of grew orga- organically. Quite things, just you know, oh, I need to, I want to be able to control stuff, so I don't have to reach over and change, 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 change to um tab, change workspaces, so I can patch something through or something like that. Now it's very rare I need to do that because I have everything auto-patching quite quite simply. So with your your um MIDI mix thing, you you can control uh, can you control like your audio levels like in Linux? Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, 
Um, I use a for for that sort of stuff to link the sliders to um thing. I have a little piece of software called Jack Mixer, mm-hmm. which is obviously is a Jack based piece of software, but it works with PipeWire as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PipeWire Jack. Um, but essentially that can link in and use MIDI for sliders and stuff like that. Oh. It's essentially a virtual mix- mixing desk that you can link to a physical MIDI mixing desk. Huh. Wow, th- there's, a, there's a lot of stuff in the audio. Like, the audio side is one of those areas that I am basically, like, the biggest noob at with Linux. I have no idea what I'm doing. The extent of my audio, like, on like in, in software on Linux, is using QPW Graph... To take audio from my um, my capture card that I use for my console, and then route it in back into my speaker so I can hear it in my headphones, and then also route it into OBS. That is all I do. That, mm. like, but I I've heard from um for some cool stuff, and now I'm hearing this from you. That makes me want to mess around with some stuff. That's so yeah. cool. I just messed around with a lot of stuff and tried to find something that works. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a bunch of iterations when I was trying to work this stuff up. Mm-hmm. One issue I still have is because I'm using for basic volume control when I'm desperate to change something or make sure things are on the right sinks and stuff, I still use Pavu control. Mm-hmm. But whenever you start Pavu control and then look at the QPW graph, it looks insane. Mm. It it really looks completely crazy. You've got to close that before you do anything. It's like, what is this? Why is it linking to literally everything? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I want to try that out now. Because mm. I, I just got a basic Behringer audio interface mm-hmm. um, connecting this mic up to it because it's an XLR mic. Yep, yep, and, yep. Yeah, pretty, pretty standard fare relatively cheap well besides the yeah the, the behringer and the mic that's that's the normal stuff like i hear that a lot from mm. a lot of stuff but i don't hear the midi side from a lot of stuff like that that's a that's a new one for me because mm. i like my mixer board one of the only issue it has is it doesn't have a mute button so if i want to mute myself oh my. i have to grab my my audio knob yeah and just twist it. Just twist it till it's empty. Yeah, having a mute button is work. I got the idea to do this, honestly, from the Go XLR. Mm-hmm. I went, all right, so the Go XLR is not compatible with Linux. But then I looked at it, and I looked at scripts that, like, like when with the, when they released, when Linus Tech Tips released that um, uh, month-long Linux thing, or whatever mm-hmm. it was, um, I saw him struggle with the Go XLR and stuff like that and find mm-hmm. a script that made it work. And I realized... That's just using Jack to link everything up. Mm. It's legitimately just installing Jack using um, using patch commands to patch everything together and make it work. Mm-hmm. The only thing that the desk seemed to do was the bleep button, which I still really want to set up, and I've got to work out how to how to get that working. Um, I think well, obviously easiest way you could do that is have like a temp if you, if you don't want to be a bleep you could temporarily mute the mic so you have a button there that mm-hmm. as long as you have that toggled then it will just mute it that could do yeah. that obviously um i'm sure there's a like a, a way with python or something you can just generate white noise and do, do basically the same thing mm. yeah it's just trying to get it to interface because with the way i've got things set up i wanted to essentially switch off like so when the bleep's going it it's not taking in audio and vice right. versa. So it's 
patching that so it works with just a single button is a lot more difficult than you'd expect. Mm. Especially given the way I have to have to have things set up with this with this mixing desk because because it's not meant for streaming. It's meant for like DJ artists and like full on like Ableton setups and whatever all that sort of stuff is. It's sort of difficult to make it do what you want it to do because right. it's all expected to have things done in a certain way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've sort of got to simulate those things with basic software if you want it to work with with a lightweight setup. Mm-mm-mm. But I guess you can basically do everything that you'd want to do from a GoXLR then. It's just, you don't have... Well, the GoXLR has... The, a lot of people talk about them. Yeah. It has the motorized sliders. Like, Yeah, that's one of the things I wish I could find. I believe there are MIDI pads that have motorized sliders, mm. but at that point, you might as well buy a full mixing desk. Right, right. <laughs> it can get quite expensive looking at the audio hardware when you go that high. And it's, it's not a big deal not having mi- yeah. uh, sliders. It's just... You know, you just got to make sure that everything's set. To be honest, an even bigger issue is the fact that because there's no motorized sliders, when you start the system up, mm-hmm. all the sliders don't go to their current positions. So you've got to like reset them all, make sure they're all in the right right spots. Right, right, before right. you do anything. Hmm. It's not a big deal. Like as long as you just yeah, have no. give yourself a bit of time to set stuff up, then you're basically good. Hmm. Maybe I'll try it out. I don't know. This, mm. I, I say this now, and I'm probably going to be like, nah, it's too hard. Yeah, it's it's really a, a thing you've got to push yourself to do in some ways. I realize I just, because I, I only did it because I was fed up with this little thing here. Mm. Ah, yeah. Um, this thing is not as good as you'd expect. It's, it's a PC-37X headset. I don't expect it to be very good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's better than most mics. Right. Like, I would I would recommend it for someone who's not doing streaming and just wants to do a video call from now on sure, sure, now sure. on because it's relatively clean mm-hmm. but at the same time it's not. Yeah. Like um so I was having a lot of trouble with static and stuff like that and cuz I don't actually use uh any um AI noise removal mm. on my setup because with this mic I don't really need to. Mm. The noise is so the noise floor is honestly so low especially when you've got a um uh, comp- like a, a noise gate on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it it doesn't really mm-hmm. matter. It it sounds good without it. And honestly, I swear I notice a little bit of distortion when you when you enable it anyway. Mm. It's, it's very minimal, but it's there, and it's like mm, I can sort of hear that. That's not natural sounding. Right, right. I don't know. Maybe I I do use AI noise suppression, and I've had some people complain about like oddities in my voice that could very possibly be what it is like there might be yeah. some people that ha- i don't that, look there's some people that probably have like really expensive setups and are really sensitive to you know hi-fi nonsense yeah. i should probably just disable it for a bit and just see sort of what reaction i get from that and just see if you know it does anything better because i i have a noise gate on as well um yeah so i i may i don't even need it i don't know well, yeah, the Wurman noise suppressor comes with a basic noise gate anyway. Mm-hmm. Usually, especially with the um, the patch bay plugins that I use, the the one that's specifically for that sort of stuff, mm-hmm. um, actually has I think it's called voice activation detection, right? Which is very similar to the way Discord does things with like mm. you know th- with a slider with, to detect how exactly how how your noise how how high your noise floor is and all that yep, sort yep. of stuff. Um, 
actually on Discord, I actually have to turn that right down because I've got one already on there and everything, I've set everything up so everything goes through that system. Right, right. Yeah, I've had issues with the um, the Discord noise suppression. I don't know if... there's So you can completely disable that then? You can't really disable okay. certain parts of it. You've just got to turn it right down. Right. Because uh, like, last... Uh, sorry. Yeah, like, so if you've got the um the noise suppression bar, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got the slider on there. Mm-hmm. You just turn that almost to zero. Don't turn it on zero, otherwise it'll think you're constantly talking. But the moment you turn it slightly off zero, everything works fine. And it's like, mm, this is crisp. Because <laughs> mm. um, last episode I recorded, uh, the guy I had on, he was going to do some guitar stuff. And Discord was not happy about guitar. It was like, hey, yeah. this chord's fine. This chord, we're going to completely cut out all the noise. Yeah, it's that's generally to be expected with something like Discord, which is not really designed for that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, I, I wasn't expecting it to be crisp. I just expected no. it to, like, somewhat work. We couldn't mm. We couldn't really get anywhere with it. Nah. But um, speaking of things that somewhat work, you mentioned you've got a VR headset before we started. Yes, I've got a... Uh... A vibe. It's down, sitting down right there. I'm not sure if you can see it. It's I hanging off the, think I can the steering it. wheel there. Um, that's something I bought from Cashies a little How while much back. Because did I, you pay for it? I think I paid like it's it's it was a very similar price to an Oculus Quest, mm. like six hundred, seven hundred, eight hundred bucks or something like that. It was okay. a relatively good price. I, like, I didn't want to buy a Quest because like, I don't want to deal with Facebook stuff. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I rarely use that sort of stuff. So, you know. Um, so I went, all right, let's see what we've got, what options you've got for Linux and that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Two options, aside from the Quest, is um, the Valve Index and the, H- the original HTC Vive. They're the ones that work the best. Right. So I'm like, well, I'm never going to be able to afford a Valve Index without first making sure I've got a job and stuff like that. So I'll just, I'll just dish out and see what secondhand vibes there are. Mm-hmm. So I, so I grabbed that thing and it works honestly pretty, pretty well. All things considered. Um, software is, it's not great. Not great. Though. Okay. Like steam VR mm-hmm. has its problems even in windows. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just, it's it's honestly pretty nuts with the way that everything's set up. If you look at the Steam VR for Linux um, GitHub page, mm-hmm. right, you'll find that it has like three hundred open issues at any one time. Things do get fixed on there, and you occasionally see one get marked as closed. Yeah, but it's like the vast majority have been up there for a good amount of time, and it's. Mm-hmm. I understand that Valve probably aren't working on this as much as like a steam deck or something like that because you know that's where the money is but um it's sort of it's it needs like valve side of things honestly needs a bit of help especially on the linux thing because linux only exacerbates the issues that are there on windows at this point i'm looking at it right now there are issues here open from 2018 yeah it's it's pretty bad it's it Needs a bit more attention than it's currently getting, I think, if we want to make it truly good. 
so in the state that it's currently in, what is the experience like? It's smooth enough. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of uh, features that I'd say are missing. Mm-hmm. Like just starting up Steam VR and running it, it works. Right, right. Like provided you are running the beta, the Steam VR beta. Don't run the Steam VR beta for Linux. Just run Steam VR beta itself. Because Steam VR beta for Linux is such an old version at this point that it's not even a a, a good thing. So you've got to run the beta. Mm-hmm. The beta is more stable than the stable release. Okay. Um, once you run that, there are a few buttons mm-hmm. in the interface that do absolutely nothing because they don't because their functionality isn't there on Linux. Right. Um, like anything that concerns virtual desktop won't work. Of course, yeah. Um, for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and various other situations won't work either. I'm trying to remember what they are, but they they come as thing. And then you've got AMD versus NVIDIA. You run a 20... Was it 2070? Yes, it's a 2070. Um, yeah. <laughs> I wish I had. I wish I could afford a new graphics card at this point in time. Mm-hmm. It will change eventually, and I will probably try and go for like a sixty nine hundred XT or like a thing when I get the money to do so. But it's yeah, yeah, just yeah. a matter of getting the money first. Mm-hmm. So, what games do you play with VR? Uh mainly Beat Saber. I'll ah, be honest. Fair enough. I have jumped into Minecraft. For VR, with mm-hmm. VR, like using the Minecraft XR mm-hmm. mod. So there's two Minecraft uh, VR mods. There's Vivecraft, which is the original. Mm-hmm. And then there's Minecraft XR, which uses the mm-hmm. new OpenXR platform instead mm-hmm. of the thing. I did come across a weird issue when trying to run that initially. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work at all with Steam VR. Okay. Like, you can get it running, but you can't use Steam VR. You have to use Monado, which I found out in general is way more stable than SteamVR for Linux is, but it only supports the XR platform unless you're using, unless you try and use something like Open Composite. Mm-hmm. Um, open Composite's there for like, it, it has a, the ability to translate OpenVR to OpenXR. Mm-hmm. And, but it's not perfect. There's a bunch of stub a bunch of auto-generated stubs there that need to be filled in, I think. It's always good to see. And with the way Monado is set up, it's sort of like, so you've got um, different drivers for different headsets. Right. Um, it has a built-in Vive driver, but it doesn't use that one. It uses the LibServe driver. Right. Now, the LibServe driver handles all communication with a headset directly. Mm-hmm. Um. And Monado just tells it to do certain things. I have noticed one weird thing with two different uh, USB communications platforms that has resulted in some weirdness mm-hmm. in terms of releasing the headset so you can switch back to Steam VR when you need to. Um, and there's one one issue I really wish wasn't set up like it was, and that's the calibration system. So Steam VR has a really straightforward calibration system if anything was the best part of steam vr it would be that part absolutely yeah because... I, i've used it a little bit in um my funny your uni project getting everything working i it was yeah good yeah it's like 
put your put your headset on the f- put your head head controls on the floor. That's where the floor is. Yep. Trace around the room. It's good. It's set. It works. With Monet, with LibServive, it tries to automate that process. Uh-huh. So what it does is every single time you stop moving your any any tracked object, uh-huh. it will record that position and add that to the calibration. Right. The problem is, is unless you you start have the calibration setup started and you do this a little bit before you start playing the games because games generally aren't designed to go is there a new calibration right no there's not or yes there is no they don't do that they go that's the calibration okay i'll use that calibration so they don't update calibration with with the monado drivers so well, yeah, if you're, you're playing like, rooms the game aren't moving it if, if you're playing the game it won't it won't update the calibration so the first time i played minecraft xr because i initially started with the controllers on my desk Mm. that's where the floor was right so i was like standing here i'm like why am i three meters tall um and then i realized if i duck down i can look underneath the blocks and i'm I'm suddenly looking through the world it's like oh i have x-ray cool (laughs) but it was just it was this isn't great. Eventually, I realized that you had to... Because I didn't realize that was how you calibrated things. I just mm-hmm. assumed it would just work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, eventually, I did move it around, put it in certain positions, make sure that everything was working and it works. There's one other issue that I don't like that I wish it would have, and that is an ability to spe- specify where the front is. So on SteamVR, right? Mm-hmm. Menus will always put themselves in a specific orientation. Right. Right? So for me, it's this way. Right. Um, and that makes it so that, like, in, in a space like this, which is honestly way too small, <laughs> um, I have, have a tendency to hit the desk quite a lot when I'm playing it. Um, it makes it possible for me to play something like Beat Saber. Right. The one time I used Open Composite... It automatically put the front here because that's where my lighthouse is. Ah, okay. Um, which made it impossible for me to play because I suddenly had to walk where the desk was to be in the center of the of the area. Mm-hmm. So it's like, yeah, I'm gonna have to just use Steam VR straight up instead of forcing it onto um, Open Composite and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then there's the act, the fact that. Proton games on Steam VR by default will use Steam VR regardless of whether you have another platform running. Right. So you have to go in there and set like three or four launch options oh, just to make it use something then. else. But it's with XR and VR, there's a couple of files in the in your dot files there that mm-hmm. specify what platform you're using. And it totally ignores that. You have to specify that stuff manually if you want to change it mm-hmm. for a Proton-based game. I understand Valve doing that because, you know, they generally expected you'd use Steam VR. But mm-hmm. overall, apart from those weird issues with calibration and front-facing and all that, Monado is 10 times more stable than Steam VR. Um, so, 
it's it's a mixed bag anyway you look at it and mm. i generally don't recommend people try it unless unless they're willing to jump through some hoops and i have heard yeah. questionable things about vr on Linux, so i'm not too surprised that it's kind of messy um mm. is is the vive your first vr experience or have you used an early headset it's my first major one i haven't owned a headset apart from this one this is the first headset i've ever owned yeah um i have gone over a few family members houses and friends houses i think one of my friends he owns a um uh an old oculus oculus cv1 ah nice um and i think i just remember playing dirt rally on that one a little bit and that's really all i played with that one that was pretty entertaining that was one thing that made me want to get vr mm -hmm. thing and then i went and my cousin has playstation vr Ah, and yeah. I tried a few different experiences for that. And that was, that was honestly pretty reasonable, especially considering the area they had was huge. Mm -hmm. um, so, but that was some very basic experiences. Like, I think I played, I think I played the Iron Man game in VR. Oh, right. Yeah, of course on, it was an Iron Man game. On, on PlayStation VR. Mm -hmm. That wasn't a, that was not a fun experience. <laughs> um but the the shark experience that I had there, that was pretty entertaining. It was, mm. You know, jump scares and all that sort of stuff. But my my first VR experience was all the way back on Oculus DK two. So very mm. early days, screen door to all hell. It was awful to look at, and the uh, the depth. So this was at my high school. One of the I think one of the IT guys bought a headset for himself. Um, and the demo he showed us, uh, we did the standing up, which is a terrible idea. Don't do this. Um, the demo he showed us was one of the roller coaster demos, which is not <laughs> something you do standing up. So no, I. That's, that's I an easy into it kind of thing at the very best. Yeah, yeah. Um, my next VR experience after that was i think it was first gen vibe so it was kind of a big upgrade for me um mm -hmm. i thought it was great i i i like vr i don't have a headset right now i probably have the space for it because like this i've got what like this much room that way and this goes back maybe yeah. like another meter or two meters the minimum amount of space you need is two by one meters mm -mm, okay well yeah i, I definitely so... have enough space then yeah, I've got like two by one if you count the desk in that. Right, okay. <laughs> so you and just like, ignore the desk. So yeah, I just play games that it doesn't matter if you've got the desk there or not because, you know, the the play space is, just works that way. Mm -hmm. uh, the other VR headset I've tried, I don't know what it was called, but there are these like really cheap VR headsets that are sort of just made for nothing but like watching movies. Like the Gear VR and the... No, cheaper than that. Like, like that. No, it was like oh. a Philips VR headset or something. Ooh. Um, the only reason I had that is because of my final year uni project where it was a VR project. So they lent me a headset to use and they lent me the cheapest thing they had. This thing barely tracked. So there, there were occasions wow. where... Because it was internal tracking, but there were occasions where... It would stop the tracking, so I had it on my head, and I would move, and the 
the view I have didn't change. And I could use that thing Ooh. for maybe... Because I think it was like 30 FPS as well. Or 30 hertz. Ooh. And I could use it for maybe... 15, 20 minutes before I felt like I was going to throw up. Yeah, even with me playing games that are like, you know, you do like swinging across ropes and all sorts of stuff like that, I have to take take the headset off a good 10, every 10, 15 minutes. Because mm-hmm. I haven't quite done it enough to get my sea legs in that setup. Yeah. Even though I've owned the headset for quite a while, I actually really need to recalibrate at the moment because I recently remounted this this um lighthouse because it was just wedged up by the blind because there's a blind right behind my desktop that i don't pull up at mm-hmm. all ever and i just wedged it in between the blind so it so it sat there mm-hmm. but i had to come up with a new solution because it fell down at one point ah, I'm like, okay. Ooh, that was dangerous yeah i, I don't exactly want to drop a hdc vive lighthouse mm-hmm. even when you got cashews first generation mm. it's like a little bit harder to get that sort of stuff i mean you can still get it but yeah yeah i'd rather not break it and have to spend the money to buy a new one yeah absolutely at some point i'll i'll get vr stuff there's mm. just there's so many games out there that i still haven't played that are just sitting on my list of things that i need to do adding more game i don't need to add more games to that i do that <laughs> enough anyway yeah, everyone does that. I'm pretty sure I've got a huge list of games that I probably should be playing. Well, just like my, I don't know if you can see them back here, but I've got a big collection of PS4 games over there, and just oh, yeah. just that is is enough. And then I've got my Steam library that I haven't played, and then occasionally someone will mention a game on the stream, like, "Hey, you should play this," and I'm like, "Okay, yeah, maybe I should play that." And, and then I get a bunch the of more games. And... Oh, crap. Now there's another one. Mm. <laughs> I, and... I, I, I get that. Mm-hmm. So besides, um, besides Minecraft, which I know you play a lot on stream, what games do you, do you find yourself getting into? Uh, I do get into a lot more of the building style games. I wouldn't mm. Like Space Engineers is one that I got into recently and learned that you cannot, under any circumstances, start a dedicated server under Linux. That does not work, <laughs> unless you want the shittest performance in the world. But <laughs> single-player works fine, so... Um, and then there's... Uh, what else is there? I do want to... I do have on my list of games to play, huh? Bennett Foddy's uh, thing there. I want to try I want to give that one a shot. Um, even though I know for a fact that I will probably end up rage-quitting. <laughs> Um, ah, what else is there I want to play? Like I said, I I got all the VR games and stuff like that. That's standard. Um, there's a huge list and a bunch of ones that I really do want to play. It's just mm-hmm. unless they come to mind at the moment that I want to play them, I'm not going to end up playing them. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> just too much other stuff you need to be doing. Just other games that are available to play. It's like, especially, well, especially if you get into something like Minecraft. Like, yeah, you know, you could just keep playing that and do nothing else. Yes, it's it's a very it's very easy to just go. Screw it! I'm just going to play Minecraft, mm-hmm. which happens probably eighty percent of the time for me. Which is why I've become basically a Minecraft streamer at this point. It's like. Help! I'm trapped in a Minecraft streaming factory, or something like that. It's just 
I've had a couple of people tell me I should get back into Minecraft because, you know, I, I, as I said, I've, I've checked out the updates every so often. It seems like there's a lot more, just even in the vanilla game, a lot more stuff to do with it. Because I, I enjoy the building aspect. It's just, that's not enough by itself to keep me entertained. Yeah, the bet I probably wouldn't wouldn't have stayed on Minecraft if I didn't have a server that I would joined regularly, right, right, and stuff like that. Like I got a bunch of uh, streamer friends and stuff like that, and we all join a server, and it's 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 a lot of fun. Like mm. mess around, you know. It's it's always fun trying to find uh, those bloody screeching blocks. I can't even remember the name up the name of them. Then they are the ones that in the deep dark you get from the deep dark. I they don't really know what you're noises. saying right now. Um, but yeah, people would hide those all around, all around my base oh. and I'd, I'd log in and go, what the shit's that noise? <laughs> Especially because I haven't bothered going down to the deep dark where the warden is and all that sort of stuff to oh, right. okay, that's grab all right. that sort of stuff. So I, when I first heard them, I'm like, I've never heard this noise before. What is this? And it was, it was a whole thing. It was like, oh my gosh. And I went digging and went, what the? Oh, that's that new block. <laughs> that was my first experience with the, with one of the new blocks. <laughs> Getting what a great pranked. experience. Uh, I, you know, oh, I so I had an account very early on. I gave that account to my sister, but you know, maybe I can. I don't think she plays on it anymore. Maybe I can just take it back from her. That's an option. It's still <laughs> attached to my email account. Yeah. Well. I mean, if you've still, if you, if you want, you, you can, I don't know. <laughs> I, I said that too much other stuff to be doing. Yeah. Like way too much it's, other stuff. It's a very much a, do I want to get into it? And if I get into it, can I, will I end up just doing nothing but that? Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's am I problem. willing to do nothing but that? I, I know I've gotten pretty good with sort of dealing with my time. There was, there was a time when I was a lot younger where all of my free time was going to be eaten up by video games or eaten up by anime. But I feel like as I've gotten a bit older, I've gotten somewhat better at... Not not great. There's still a lot of times I'm just watching stuff on YouTube for no reason. But <laughs> I've gotten better at sort of putting my time to things that are somewhat useful, whether that's learning guitar that I'm doing now, whether it's do learning some Japanese, whether it's working on videos, things like that. Um, you know, as, as a kid, I, I played RuneScape for seven years. So, wow. yeah, um, not a great use of my time, but it did teach me economics. <laughs> like that, The reason I don't like spending money now is because I didn't like spending money in RuneScape. <laughs> I like oh. spending money when I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's always the uh you know the biggest the biggest um how would you say it uh issue biggest blocker i'm i'm very hesitant hesitant to get a credit card because i just know i'm gonna shaft myself with that if i do mm -hmm. it's like yeah nah i should stay right away from that i think it depends on like how because i use uh, i use a credit card basically as a debit card and then i just pay stuff off pretty much straight away but mm. yeah, if you're worried about just burning through money, that's probably something that's yeah worth avoiding at least temporarily. I'd never like the idea of spending money I don't have. Right, it's that a makes bit sense. like mm, nah, not for me. 
Well, yeah, that, I'd rather that, not. That's why I use it as like a debit card. I I mm. only spend what I have with it, and then it's not really you know it's not really an issue then. Yeah, long, long as you remember to pay the bill. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, this is one of the reasons why I have all this, all these, all this stuff was mm-hmm. because at the time I could really only afford to spend uh, one or two hundred dollars at a time. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I need a good microphone. What do I get? Ah, the AT2020 is like 120 bucks. Perfect. Yep. All right. I need something to, I bought that mic. I think I bought the mic first, mm-hmm. but I didn't have an interface. I didn't have anything like that to run it. Mm-hmm. So I kept it in a box under my bed until I could afford an interface. And then I kept that and then I set that up. And then I'm like, oh, I need, I need a way to control things. All right, let's find uh, something cheap. Oh, look, this $50 secondhand uh, MIDI um, mixer. That'll work. Bought that from, bought that from Cashies. After hours um, upon hours of configuring stuff to actually make it work the way you want it to work. Well, we, the first, my first setup, it was a very iterative experience. I started sure. off with a basic setup, you know, basic noise suppression and whatever else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the more I learned, the more I added to it over time. So it was like half an hour here, half an hour there, just, you know, add something to it and go, hmm. Yeah, hmm, yeah, yeah. I want a reverb button because it's always fun to make my voice echo. And then... Reverb is funny. Reverb is and, always funny. Yeah. <clears throat> uh oh. Indeed. <laughs> I have a, uh, well, I have like a, a hardware um, uh, effects yeah. here as well. I don't know. I Wait, give me one second. I'm going to disable, right we disable the filter in OBS. There we go. Okay, there we go. Now the noise suppression isn't going to break it. Uh, what number is it on? One? Yeah, one. Here we go. And then... I think it should be removed. Is it? Yes. Damn, that was a lot. I, I need to make mine more. There we go. Now it's more. And it just goes on forever. I can turn it up. I, I, I've got lots of reverb settings on here. I've got lots of settings on here. Uh, I can look at the... Uh, wait, where's a fun one? Uh... I have a really fun one, but it only works on stereo signals, so I can't really show it to you on Discord. How does this sound? Oh, wow, that's pretty warpy. I like that one. The effects I have on here are, like, they're made to be guitar effects. And, like, yeah, I mean, instrument effects. That's what most of them are. Most of the ones I use are, are pretty similar to that, <clears throat> to be honest. A vast majority of the LV2 plugins are like that. Mm. Um, I mean, and then you've got the stereo... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd show you the voice modulation, only Discord doesn't do stereo audio, so I, you won't hear anything change. Ah, right, right, right. Wait. Go this side. Go this side. I don't remember which side's which. Which side's high and which side's low. Yeah. <laughs> I just have to deal with, like, I, I always just ask people whenever I try to use it, like, which, am I, like, I think, I think high is, like, max is high-pitched, Min is low pitch, but I'm not certain. Yeah, uh, max is high pitch for me. I, I don't know if it's the same for you. It could be different for different Was setups. It, wait, one second. Is, is this, this high pitch? That is higher pitch than your standard voice. So. Okay, yes. That, so max is high pitch then. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Audio. Audio is fun. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Do you, do you have your license... 
license, driver's my driver's license. license. Yeah. Yes, I do. It is sitting here, right? In my you don't wallet. fucking show your driver's license. Yeah. I was about to get it out. I wait. What am I doing? <laughs> no, I, I, the reason I brought next minute, it up. I'm covering it... the, I'm, next minute, I'm covering the identity side of things so you can see the, see, see, see the picture and see how stoned I look because every single photo I ever take <laughs> for ID makes me look stoned. I don't know why. My um, my original license, I had long hair, so it went down like half with halfway down my back, so that was fun. Uh, but the reason I brought that up is a um, a funny thing I saw yesterday. So, you know, at a T-junction, where there'll be, like, a left turn and a right turn. And there's usually, uh, like, yeah. two lanes. In this case, it was two lanes. Um, so, I, I was coming back to my place, and I saw this crash happen. Now, I say crash with, like, you know, a big asterisk there. Because they'll go on... They'll go on maybe 5Ks an hour. Um, so... One person was stopped on, like, the left side, and then this dude in a ute came over and, like, clipped with the door and tore that car's, like, front bumper off at, like, 5Ks an hour. <laughs> and he got out of the car and was like, how did that happen? I don't <laughs> understand. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? Like, how could you, like, the car was stopped there. Like, why did you try to pull into that lane? What are you doing? He probably didn't have very good, like, sur- like awareness of his own surroundings by the mm-hmm. sound of it. It's just a bit like, hmm, yes. But, like, when he when he checked, like, where it hit on his car, he was, like, looking towards, like, the back where the tray was. It's like, mate, your door has a giant dent in it. Like, why are you looking there? It's, it's, look at the big hole. <laughs> uh, some people are fucking stupid oh even i can be stupid sometimes i've had a point where i was i accidentally reversed into a tree that was a bit unfortunate how did you manage that one i was reversing out of the driveway and just happened to be at the exact right angle for the tree to be right behind me and i pedaled it too hard a little bit and bonk oops Dad was not very happy about that. The wagon's now got a huge dent and he did not like that. I've not had a crash myself, but I still have damage on my car. Um, mm. I don't, still don't know how it happened, but my, my mirror now is held on with duct tape. Ah, yes. So I came out to my, I think someone might have walked past it and like bashed it or something. Because I came out to my car and it was just hanging there by like the, the wire inside of it to like control it. Um, so yeah, that's, that's fun. It's always, always yep. fun to deal with nonsense like that. Mm. I think the worst thing that I have ever done in a, um, actually one of the worst things I've ever done driving was back when I owned my little tiny blue Festiva. Ah. It's not a Fiesta, but it was a little manual 1.3 liter Festiva mm. with like, um, it, and I remember driving down the hill near my house Mm -hmm. a little bit too fast because it's it's a really windy hill and you Mm -hmm. know really fun and i may have taken a corner a little bit too fast popped both front tires bent one of the steel rims and nearly nearly destroyed a donation bin (laughs) (laughs) just to top it off that was not my proudest moment there oh i hope yeah yeah no it, it was yeah, 
And wor- the worst part about it was mm-hmm. there was a bunch of old people up the street who were watching the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, God, because now they're watching me limp the car into the car park of the shopping center nearby. It's mm-hmm. like like doing the drive of shame, limping the car down the down the driveway. It's like oh, it's no. so bad. Oh, what did I do that for? <laughs> I Honestly, I'm surprised I've... Like, my car's survived as long as it has, because everyone who gets in my car is like, Brody, you're such a terrible driver. Like, because I, look, I take roundabouts as fast as my car will let me take them. Uh, it's fun. No, you, you, it's you can't deny speed is fun. Speed is fun. Yeah, speed is fun. <laughs> Just take that completely out of context. Gotta go faster, take the race line. <laughs> exactly. If you've ever listened to that song, there are um, words to live by. <laughs> think, what is that song? Uh, it's uh, Mighty Carmod's uh, uh, song, DJ Rodnock, I think they they put under the pseudonym of that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a really, it's like Eurobeat, although ah, yeah, some okay. people debate right, that right. one, although I don't know why they debate it. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty entertaining. Mm-hmm. At some point, I'm supposed to be getting rid of the current car I've got, uh, so right now I'm driving a 2001 Barina, a hatchback oh, Barina. Lovely. I mean, could be worse at least, not a Holden Cruise. <laughs> but I'm getting rid of it uh, for a 2013 uh, Impreza. Ooh. It, it's, it's not a okay. It's not like you know the it's, nice sporty Impreza. It's, it's not like, the WRX. No, no, that <laughs> that would be fun. No, it's one of the like, uh, you know take the kids to school impresses. Ah, yeah. Which, you know, it, it's, look, it's still going to be nice on the car I've got right now because it's, it's, it doesn't drive too well. It's got a flat spot, so sometimes it doesn't go forward, which is a problem, especially, yeah. you know, on highways and stuff. <laughs> At least you won't have to worry anywhere near as much about head gasket failure because it's not got a turbo in it. Yeah. but That yeah, being said, it will probably still happen eventually. But cause... yeah, turbos are fun. <laughs> The head gasket is a big thing in those cars. I would have, would have heard. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know literally nothing about cars. I, my my car knowledge is basically to the extent of like I can change my headlights, which you know, yeah. better than nothing. Um, I uh, my uncle's a mechanic, so ah. I was a bit there. Um, I mess around with cars, and like I said, I watched. I watch Mighty Car Mods on YouTube sometimes. Mm-hmm. Not as much as I used to, though, I'll admit. I've kind of gone away from that scene. Um, but I've always wanted to get, like, an MX-5 or, like, a like like a relatively small, sporty car. Mm-hmm. Just, just because, you know, I like taking corners, and what better car to take corners in? <laughs> that reminds me of my sister's first car. Um, she She's admitted this after the fact that the reason she bought this car is there was some boys around her that she wanted to impress. Um, so her first car was this bright red MX-5. And yeah. it was the biggest disaster that you've ever seen. <laughs> oh, was I it think... one of the pop-up headlights models? I believe it was. Yes, she chose right. But like a month after she got it, the gearbox shot itself. It's probably because it was probably because she bought it from some 
dude who absolutely <laughs> ragged on it on the track or something like that because those things are tr attract <laughs> attract ponies you've got to be willing to understand that something's gonna break on it eventually <laughs> when you get something like that the worst part is is the first generation which is the one with the pop-up headlights <laughs> has gotten exponentially more expensive <laughs> like I remember back when I first thought of getting one, they were around about two to three grand. Yeah. yeah. Now you can't find one under 10 grand. It's like, nope, you, you got to be willing to pay for it now because mm -hmm. so many people have just destroyed them. Well, that, that reminds me of all of the, uh, all of the fucking holding prices that went up after the factory shut down. Like I know mm. people that have these like shit box, like, you know, 2006 Commodores, and it's like, this car should be worth, like, a $1,000, and it's, like, 10 grand. This is a piece of junk. You've thrashed it to all hell, but it's now an antique, and it's now, like, a rare car. Like a VX, VY, or yeah, VT yeah, yeah. model with a freaking 3800 and L27, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Um, <laughs> absolutely no power, but at least the engine's gonna last forever. <laughs> Depending on, uh, you know, who's driving it. Well, yeah. The way I drive, probably not. <laughs> My first car was a Commodore, was an old, was an old 1992 Commodore. Mm -hmm. That was a fun, that was a fun boat. <laughs> that thing had more body roll, more body roll than like, I don't know, a lot of cars. Oh, it was that one. Yeah. It was okay. just like old school. I remember I stuck some big, like 17 inch mag wheels on it. <laughs> Like from a newer Commodore, mm -hmm. and it looks so stupid. <laughs> I wish I could have like I got the mag wheels. Someone, a friend of mine, gave them to me. I'm mm. just like, oh, I'll stick those on. Why not? They're better than the hubcaps that I've currently got. Mm -hmm. Um, so I put that on there, put some cheap ass tires on it because they were worn to worn to the worn to the literal cords. Mm -hmm. Um, and um. I drove that thing around. That was a pig. <laughs> it was an absolute pig. The only thing that was good about it was the aftermarket stereo. Right, right. Because <laughs> I could, I stuck a subwoofer in it, and yeah, it was just yeah. Let's go for it. Let's just stick a sub in it. Yeah, half just... those cars, like at this point, you know, well before the factory shut down, now that fucking relics, when mm. the factory is open. Most of the time, the fucking stereos cost more than the car. <laughs> yeah. Although no one wants to go for the stock stereos in those things. <laughs> it's all aftermarket. Absolutely. No, like, <laughs> I, I knew someone who, they didn't have a boot anymore. The boot was a stereo. <laughs> the boot was all stereo. Oh, wow. I gone full show pony. Yep. That's... It was fucking loud, but you know. <laughs> It was yeah. fun. I remember a few years back, I went to the, uh, what was it, the Adelaide Auto Show? Mm -hmm. And, mate, it was like walking back to the 2000s. <laughs> there was a freaking van in there with a stripper pole in it and everything. It was, it was like, holy shit, what is this? Oh, Did Lord. I step back in time? Like, all, like, old, like, JDM, like, shit boxes with, like, mm -hmm. Gaudy ass paint jobs, and it's like walking into into like a into the booth at Se into the sh show car booth at SEMA or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's just like I didn't know this was a thing. <laughs> Still, uh, I, I don't. I'm not into like 
into cars myself, but I can definitely appreciate like some of the stuff that people have done to their cars. Like abs- absolutely, there's there's yeah. something impressive even knowing nothing about what's going on. Yeah, even for the show ponies, you got to appreciate the dedication. Mm-hmm. That stuff is like I would never do that to a car I, I own, but mm. props to you for for going with your heart and mm. putting something like that on. You know, mm. you got all the sex spec show cars and all the all the like you know neons and the other crap like that. You hit, you see, it's just like not my style, but props to you for going for it. Absolutely, it's just, just like. And then you see the the track track cars and all that mm. sort of stuff with all the big ass turbos and the things like that, and you go, I want to, I just want to go in and ride shotgun and that sort of thing, mm. just to just to feel my head get crushed against the back of the seat. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> one of my um, one of my I think it was my step, yeah, one of my one of my step brothers, yeah, uh, has a. Uh, a burnout car and goes to Ooh. burnout comps. And if you know, if anyone listening hasn't been to a burnout comp, go to one. They are fun. They're a lot of fun. <laughs> very old fashioned values, but yeah, very fun. Yeah, Especially if you're going to like, although uh, I've heard they've recently been cracking down on a lot of the stuff that used to happen at like mm. um, summer nats and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like you used to, you used to see videos of some of of summonats, and I think they had a um a big. It was a big thing. They had a thing where it was skid, skids or tits or something like that, <laughs> where you either get your girlfriend to flash them, mm-hmm. or you do a massive skid. And it's like, oh god. It's so bad, but yeah, like yeah, I see. It's just a bunch of dudes doing dude stuff. Yeah, and being really kind of not caring about things. Not caring about look, look. If you're fucking burning through hundreds of dollars of ties, you don't give a shit about anything. Yeah, it's 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 true. It's it's the only thing more bogan fest than something like summon nats would be something like a uh, ute muster or something like that from mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. the outback. Like you hear about that stuff all the time, and it's just the same. It's like, wow. <laughs> I don't know how long we were talking about car stuff, and I don't care about car stuff, but somehow it happened. <laughs> it's 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 entertaining to talk it, to sometimes. Yeah. Let's, uh, you know, I, just because I want to talk about this existing, I mentioned the uh, the Master Chief thing to you before we started. Oh, I know there's yeah. a lot of people who may not have seen this yet. Um, I'll send you the the article. Okay. Three four three refuses to reveal what Master Chief suit does with all the cum. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> um. No, oh no! But this is the you might be curious about why they were talking about Master Chief's cum. We can confirm that Master Chief's suit jacks him off. That much is indeed canon. But we unfortunately <laughs> are not ready at this time to reveal what the suit does with the cum. Explained three four three Industries founder Bonnie Ross. Hell. You know, uh-huh. a, a lot of people aren't happy about the, the state that uh, 
Halo Infinite's in, so how do you get people to forget about that? Talk about cum. Talk about cum. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like this doesn't matter at all to, like, the, the general game itself, but... You know, a lot of people enjoy stupid tidbits like this. Like, someone mm-hmm. told me what, um, in my stream earlier, what Mickey Mouse's actual name is. Uh, Mickey Mouse's legal name. Uh, where Wait, was what's it? what's this quote? Hold on. He, he left a qu- quote. Oh. There's a quote in here. How the suit maintains a cum, what it does with a cum after receiving it from John 117. And what temperature the suit needs to be to maintain the cum at. In fact, I feel like I've already said too much. I don't want to give the impression that the suit keeps the cum at all. <laughs> just constantly. No, it, it... It, just, no, it, just, just sort of, it just sort of leaks out of the, the pant leg no, or something just, like that. I just Out of the bottom of the shoes. I just got an idea. Obviously having, you know, a metal suit that is like, you got to make sure it's lubricated. Otherwise, it's oh. going to have issue moving around. I was thinking maybe they weren't. Maybe they use it. Maybe they, maybe it keeps the cum, stores it for a clone so that they can clone Master Chief when he dies or something like that. And that's how they get more of those guys. Someone was. Uh, I think someone in the comments was saying it powers the suit. <laughs> how is the suit? Oh, this is so stupid. Stinky. <laughs> uh, also, the Mickey Mouse thing. Uh, Mickey Mouse's full legal name is Michael Theodore Mouse. Hmm. That's an interesting tidbit. <laughs> but yeah, things like this don't matter at all to the no. game. But it's... Uh, I think Hex DSL was the one who mentioned this to me. In Especially in sci-fi series, you'll see just random things thrown in. So in, in the books that he's writing, he mentioned that in one of the universes created... Golf doesn't exist. It doesn't matter at all to the series in like a grand scheme of things, but you just throw something out there and then people will latch onto that as if it matters to some like greater Mm. extent. But the only purpose it's here is to sort of, I don't know, be this weird, interesting thing that someone out there is possibly going to care about. Yeah, it's like the story of how golf was invented in um, the Lord of the Rings or something like that. You've heard, it, 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 I think it was like they were in a battle or something like that, and the and one 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 hobbit knocked off a the head of a of of an enemy, and it went down a, a wombat hole or like a fox hole or something like that. And as a result, they won the battle and invented golf at the same time. How a hobbit invented. The game of golf in the Lord of the Rings. What the? F- yeah, it's, I, it's just an interesting. That was actually in the, the mentioned in the uh, book. I got the book up there in my bookshelf. <clears throat> I've never actually read or watched Lord of the Rings. Oh, what? I just, this is gonna make oh. make it even more make it even worse. The only part of the Lord of the Rings I've watched is The Hobbit. Oh my gosh, that's, wow, I've, I've never thought I'd hear the day where someone's only watched The Hobbit. Well, it's the same thing with Star Wars, actually, so I've never seen... You've seen the prequels and not the sequels? No, Or you've seen the worse. new ones and not no. the... No? No, uh, um, I don't even know what, what the movie was 
cool. There was a there was a side movie that didn't even matter. Ah, yeah, the only is this one? Yeah, this is the only Star Wars movie I've seen. Oh no. Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure. <laughs> it, it's like a Hamish and Andy skit or something like that. <laughs> it doesn't matter at all, like even remotely, but somehow that's the only one that I've seen. Have you at least seen like the Star Wars robot chicken shorts or something? Like I, okay, that I've seen too? I've seen some of the Clone Wars animated series, so there okay, is that. that works. And I my knowledge. <laughs> This is my knowledge of the mainline Star Wars is entirely from Lego Star Wars. Oh my. You disappoint me. <laughs> my cousin's obsessed with Lego Star Wars. He gets every single Lego Star Wars game. I what even is the I the last time I, I saw anything about the Lego games, there was like some Marvel games. <laughs> Oh, I don't remember. That's all sorts of list of things. Lego video games. It's massive. I'm pretty sure. Uh, the most recent one was Lego Star Wars: The Skywalker Saga. So I... a lot of them sound like they might be rehashes of old Lego Star Wars games. Yeah, that one almost sounds like it might be a uh, like a one of those HD remakes or something like that. Um, Skywalker. But I remember coming, going over my cousin's house multiple times, and he would be sitting there playing Lego Star Wars on the GBA. Hmm. Just yeah. I think the last time I played a, a Lego game, it was Lego Star Wars. Um, I think it was back on the PS2. So I played the original oh, yeah. Lego Star Wars games. I still have my PS2 set up sitting over oh, do there. Do you? Yeah, it is. It's permanently set up. Uh, it still I... works. I got rid of my... There was a Lego Incredibles game? What the fuck? That sounds pretty incredible. It does sound pretty incredible. Um, I I sadly got rid of all of my old consoles. I wish oh. I'd kept them. Well, not not got rid of necessarily. Like, my, my PS3 I gave to my sister, and she got rid oh, of yeah. them. Um, the PS2 I got rid of. I think I might have been one of those people who traded my PS2 into EB Games when I bought a PS3. Ooh, I could have ended up with yours then. <laughs> is it a Because <laughs> mine was slim? pre-owned from EB Games. No, it's not. It's a fat. Ah. I think I prefer the fats anyway. I want to get one of those um those white those uh hard drive cards, like the network cards ah, for the fat. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just so I can plug a hard drive into it. Like a SATA hard drive into it. And then, because i got a bunch of spare SATA hard drives in my bookshelf mm. just down behind me. Um, they're all like one terabyte Western Digital Caviar Greens. I, I don't, I, you know, something about that makes makes me believe it's not going to work on your PS2. Well, you could get SATA um, converters for it mm. and stuff like that. So they're standard. They're like, I think they might be a proprietary connector. But it's technically the IDE protocol. Right, but I don't I'm know... I'm not what 100% it... certain. I don't know what it would do with that much storage. And there are aftermarket systems to set things up. But mm. the only reason I want to do that is to, to set up the uh, the jailbreak for the PS2. Mm-hmm. Just so I can mess with it. Because mm-hmm. they have an absolute lot of interesting stuff for that. Oh yeah, well the PS2's... When did the PS2 actually come out? 
It came out years ago. I, I, I got it well after it was over. Like, I yep. think the PS3 was out when I first got my PS2. Yep, yep. Well, yeah, um, after all of this, there's going to be a lot of... Sorry? Which I think is one of the reasons why it was pre-owned. Mm-hmm. It was on the tail end of EB Games still stocking it. Well, yeah, it was still being produced until 2013. Wow. Like six years after oh. the PS3 came out. Just goes to show you how good it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a... I wouldn't be surprised at a lot of homebrew stuff for the PS2. Yeah. Emulators and all sorts of mm. crazy stuff. But I, I remember I watching old the videos same on thing. how to do it. Um, I think I got my PS2... I think it was like I was like seven or so, so it would have been around like two thousand five or so. So maybe like a year or so before the PS3 came out, and then I got mm. my PS3 towards the end of the PS, um, <clears throat> towards that, the end of that life cycle, towards when the PS4 was coming out, and I'm probably gonna buy a PS5, like you know, when the next generation's been announced. It's like living in r slash late stage capitalism where everything's like late. Well, the the best part about doing it is. You know, when you buy a console early, a lot of the time you're sort of waiting for games to play. Yeah. But you buy it at the end, like, everything's here already. It might be harder to find some things, but yeah. now with, you know, online shopping, it's not a big deal. Although if I want to find some games now for that sort of stuff. Oh, well, yeah, if you want PS2 games Oh, those games prices now, make me sweat. Yeah. Honestly, I'm... I, I'm honestly more surprised at things that shouldn't be expensive, like... I saw expensive Vita games. Like, there was... For a game that's not even popular, uh, it was a copy of East Memories of Celsetta for, like, $70 at Akashi's. Like, you can buy this game new on Steam for $10. Yeah, I remember the other day I went to Akashi's Modbury and just looked around. Mm. Like, the Akashi's yeah, at Modbury... That one's got, like, the freaking arcade machine at the front and... Mm. oh. Yeah. They have, at the current moment, they have an old, like, new inbox, unopened Sega Mega Drive for, like, $1,200. It's like, holy shit. Like, never been opened. You can just tell it's brand new. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's awesome. Too bad I've already got one of those. <laughs> oh, you have a Mega Drive as well? Well, it's technically my dad's, but yeah, there's a Mega Drive in, in a box outside what consoles, if you just categorize all the consoles you have, what do you have in your house right now? Um, It's a very eclectic mix of mostly older stuff. So there's mm-hmm. a Mega Drive, there's a Super Nintendo, there's a Nintendo 64. Big Nintendo things, mm-hmm. can you tell? Yeah, um, yeah. I've got, personally, I own a PlayStation 2. I have a Nintendo DS, although I need to replace it because <clears> the cartridge <throat> slot's buggered. <laughs> um, and there's a Nintendo Wii in the um lounge. Nice. And that's set just- up. Do people actually still use it in there, or is it just sitting in there? It's just sitting there. Okay, it doesn't okay. get used very often. I think the last thing I did with it was secretly jailbreak it, <laughs> despite the fact that, like, I had to do it when no one was home, because Dad, if Dad saw me doing it, he'd be like, no, don't do that. You will damage it. Yeah, he's, he's not into doing that sort of stuff that's at all. Fair. He's like, yeah. that's illegal. No, it's not illegal, because I'm not actually installing games to it. I just want to see what's in the homebrew menu. Uh-huh. I, I should, uh, I, sometimes I like to go do like a cashies run just to go around between the stores to see what fun stuff yeah. there is. Modbury is a great, actually Modbury and, um. I spent like three hours in that store. 
Yeah, it's... Just browsing. You can spend a ton of time there. Um, fuck, I forgot what the other store that was really good was. Cause, uh, the online store. Sorry? I mean, that's obvious. The online store. Oh, yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, you can't can be bother going out. No. Um, there was... Oh. It was a bit further. Po- not. It's not pros. No, pro- definitely not pros. Is it Hampstead? Not Hampstead, is it? No, it's not Hampstead Gardens. Um. Fuck. Which store was? There's one close to the city that's really, really good. Um. Mm, which side of the city? Was it? Uh, it's north side. North side. Okay. So no. Oh, but there wouldn't be the one I'm thinking. Wait. Is it Hampstead north. Gardens I'm thinking of? No, uh, maybe it's Hampstead Gardens. Actually, it might be Hampstead Gardens. Uh, either way, uh, both yeah. of them are great stores. Actually, I'll show you something fun I got from Akashi's once that I, I completely mm. unexpectedly got from one. It's always fun to see this. Um, actually, wait. Oh. <laughs> Just get That's pretty cool. Figures. Nice, Someone- yeah. Someone had, um, someone had dumped off, like, ten anime figures at that store, and I think a lot of them are still at, uh, it was Modbury, yeah. Uh, a lot, yeah. A lot of them are still at Modbury. <laughs> yeah, there's still, there's a massive collection of them now. Like, and, like, no, I think it's probably gotten bigger. There's not ten there, there's, like, like nearly a hundred there, I think, at this point. No one and they're is all buying super them. cheap. Yeah, yeah. And, to be honest, I think most of them are pulp figures. Which makes sense. Well, you no, know, I, I don't give a shit about the pop figures. <laughs> every, every one of the stores has a lot of pop figures. Yeah. That's just cheap. Whatever. Mm. You can get them at any at, at any place you want. Just, you know, head down the plaza or head, head, head into the city or any mm. EB games. Zing pop culture and you yeah, found yeah. like 500 of them. I totally get that like new inbox consoles can get expensive now, but... You know, it really bothers me when I see things that I know were super mass-produced, and it's like, mm. hey, you want to pay $100 for a fucking a Mario game? Like, no! Yeah. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah, nah. It, it is a bit annoying. It's <clears> like, nah. It's like, oh, I have something here that I bought on online a mm. while ago. This thing was worth... Well, your game's a bit shorter than mine. <laughs> I paid way too much for thing for this. Mm. Get a load of this. Driver San oh. Francisco, the PC uh, edition. That was like 200 bucks. I paid way too much for that, and I've only played it once. Wait, what? Firstly, why did you pay 200 for it? I don't know. It was a spur-of-the-moment thing. I probably shouldn't have done it. I see why you don't want a credit card. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's that was something I never should have bought, but I'm in some ways glad I've got because it's worth. It's still worth a lot of money, and mm-hmm. the only sad part is is Ubisoft are being a pain because they released that notification uh, regarding Driver San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. It was all the Assassin's Creed games, and there was dri- something about Driver San Francisco thrown in there as well. Because mm-hmm. if you, I'm not sure if you remember watching the YouTube video about that game and how cool it was and stuff like that. I That's think what I know made the video me want to about. get it. Yeah, but Ubisoft, soft, relatively recent, a few months back now, said something about shutting something about it down or removing it from the store or something like that. Mm. 
or making it harder to download. I'm guessing. I don't care. I own a physical it. coffee. I, I'm guessing the video you're talking about is the uh, the best Ubi, uh, the best game Ubisoft won't let you play. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Okay. That's the one. That's the that's the one there. You can buy it from like, you can still buy it for real cheap, like digital copies from like G2A and shit like that. Of course, yeah. But I don't really want to support those guys. So. Yeah, I've had uh, a couple of you know sponsorship emails from some. G2A is like the cream of the crop of the questionable key yeah. resellers, but I've had some like very clearly hey we've stolen some keys. It go, yeah. It's this like some does not seem safe. Yeah, it's like some <laughs> Chinese key reseller site and like nah, it's uh, I'm not touching this. Hmm. Cause like it's one thing when you buy keys from a different region and then sell them in America. That's that's fine. I you can argue about whether that's you know morally okay, legally okay. I'm not a. I don't really mind that. The issue I have is when you get into the really sketchy sites, then you start getting into like stolen um, gift cards, things like that. Yeah, like credit card fraud and all that. Yeah, sort of and that stuff. stuff. Yeah, and you're taking a risk with buying anything from any of those sites because <laughs> if someone issues a chargeback, those keys could end up being revoked, and it's yeah. just like you've now lost out on the money and you've mm -hmm. got no game to show for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you're better, honestly, you're better off pirating than, than using those sites. Yeah. That, like, that's an argument I, I've actually made with uh, emulation. I, I don't know how you feel about emulation, but <clears throat> for me, if the game is still in production, so like, it's a current generation game. Yeah. Uh, let's say, um, I don't know. The newest Pokemon game, like Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. So a game like that, I I don't think you should pirate it. I think if you're going to emulate it, and I, I think if you want to emulate it, that's fine. But when it's a, a current generation game in production, I think you should buy it. Like, if you mm. can support the development, I think that's what you should do. But when something yeah. isn't in production, like I went back and played um, Shin Megami Tensei 3 for the PS2. Mm. that game was not in production and i could buy a secondhand copy but i don't like you're not supporting the development if you're buying that all you're doing is supporting like the the secondhand game market that's that like that's where i stand with it if emulation's fine but i prefer to buy at least buy it if i can buy it like New, like, new game. Yeah. If the price isn't way out of this world for what mm. you're getting, and, like, if it's not, like, if if you can't get it anymore mm. or something like that, then maybe you might be a bit more justified in pirating, but otherwise, yeah, I think I agree with you there, where support the developer, unless there are obvious reasons not to support the developer or well something like that. Like, one thing I'm doing right now is I'm streaming through The World Ends With You. This is, a, like, the DS version of the game. Like, you can't buy new DS games. Like, that's just not a thing. No. So, I don't see any moral issue with, you know, emulating that. Nah. And, yeah, I, I mean, it's still a good thing to support the second-hand market. We're not saying don't do that. No, yeah. Um, Like... It's it's still a thing that need that can exist, and sometimes mm. it is nice having physical copies and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, sure. But 
at the same time, yeah. I've not ever... I've never been a big focus on, like, playing old games on hardware. I know a lot of people like, like, you know, they want to have the the Mega Drive experience. They want to have an old TV. They want to have that physical Mega Drive there. You know, I, I get that. It makes sense. But for me, I sort of like... I like to take that game and then see what you can get out of it. Because, like, you can emulate... Uh, a DS game, for example, and then yeah. upscale it to 4K, and it looks really crisp. Because especially like the um the pixel art games, like they look yeah. like a you know modern indie game would. Yeah, it's I do I still really like emulation. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I used to play emulators on on school computers all the yeah, time yeah, way yeah. back back then, running Puppy Linux and all that sort of stuff. So I, I it's 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 still a good thing to emulate and all mm. that sort of stuff. Granted, I did own a copy of um, um, Super Mario 64, which is basically mm-hmm. all I ever played back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, because they don't sell it anymore, I probably would have pirated it. And mm-hmm. to be honest, the version I have is technically the US version, and we don't run the US version here. Mm-hmm. So we got the PAL EU version, I think it is. Mm-hmm. EU or a, a, I don't know. Yeah, whatever it One is. One of those versions. <laughs> um, so. Am I technically in the wrong for that? Like playing a different region game? I don't know. It's it's yeah. That's one of those areas that's always been kind of weird. Like tech, like legally, technically, yes. But if let let's say for example that you you lived in the US and then you bought mm. a uh, I guess uh, PS two PS two was region lock, yeah. Uh, I think so. Let's yeah, no, PS1. I know PS1 definitely was, though, wasn't it? They probably both were. Yeah. Anyway, let's just say the PS2 is region locked. Let's say you bought a PS2 while you're in the US, and then you moved to a, another region like Australia. If you then were to keep playing those US games, technically you're in the wrong region, but it's not... You know, it's not a big deal. But it's not illegal. It's not it's illegal. Not, no. You you technically bought it, and you technically have all the hardware to play it, and it mm. works. And that's there's no legal problems with that one. Mm. I don't even think Nintendo could say anything about that. Well, or Sony, or yeah, yeah, or whoever. Yeah, whoever you're talking is about. Well, like, um, but even if you like Im- like importing system, like you're still like you're buying new like when it was new hardware. So you import a new PS2 from the US. You import or like. Japanese consoles. This was a big one, actually, because a lot of um, Japanese games back then didn't get translated. So you import a Japanese system and Japanese games. Technically, you're breaking that region restriction, but it's not a big deal. And then if you were to remove the region lock, like you have a cracked PS2, you remove the region locking on that, you're sort of achieving the same goal, but you are technically breaking that like region locking. Yeah. Breaking region region locking is a weird world of mm. legal loopholes and whatever else. Well, yes, yeah, it's sort of the same mess you see nowadays with um, streaming, like Netflix, when you have like you know, yeah, you're you know, technically you don't have a license to watch, um, I don't know, let's say Mr. Robot, for example. I don't think Mr. Robot is on Australian Netflix. But it is on, I think, US Netflix or something. And technically, you know, VPNing into that region and watching it like that is 
you know, you're breaking the license, but it's not a big, uh, it's not a big deal. Mm. Yeah, region locking is just region locking a is pain dumb. in the butt. It's, <laughs> yeah. It is, it's dumb. Yeah. And I get why they did it, because different regions have different currencies and therefore pricing and mm-hmm. demographics and all that are different. But at the same time, in a global economy like the one we have today, mm-hmm. um, not looking at the direction it's going, of course, um, <laughs> um, it's sort of like there's not really any necessity to do it. Mm-hmm. And you see it in some ways in handheld consoles because mm. almost no handheld consoles have region locking. Mm-mm. Like the DS never had it. Did it? I don't No, It never had it. The Nintendo DS never had region okay. locking. Um, I'm not sure if the DS, the 3DS had it, but I know the original DS <laughs> never had it. You could, you can buy them, those games from anywhere and put them in any console and it will still work. Yeah. So base DS wasn't 3DS was. Yeah. Which means you could still play any base DS game in mm-hmm. any 3DS. You just couldn't mm. play any 3DS game in any 3DS. So there was just... there was one legitimate reason for the region locking, and that was the difference between 50 hertz and 60 hertz regions. Yeah, and no. Well, I played um, well one of the Sonic games on the PS2. And if you put it into the wrong, like, Hertz mode, it would be in black and white. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was sort of some consoles had the capability of doing both. Others yeah, didn't. yeah. Especially newer consoles like Nintendo Wii and all that sort of oh, stuff. Oh, yeah, Those yeah. Ones once you get to that point. always yeah. had the ability to do both. They just only stuck to one generically. And nowadays and it's it, not really an issue anyway. No, it's it's sort of... A non-issue, especially what with 1080p and everything basically standardizing as a result of the global mm. economy mm. and all that sort of stuff. It's just, it's 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 big whatever, mm. really. Well, and most on... TVs are capable of both anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, on uh, on that note, it's it's pretty much time to end off the show. We've been going for almost two hours now. <laughs> Yeesh. Well, let the people know where they can find you. Uh, I have a uh, Twitter account, though I admittedly don't check it. I got. I, I have a <laughs> Discord plan. as well. Um, you can get that through my uh, Twitch account. There's a command you can use to, just, to let that pop up, or just go down the description there and click it. And they're the primary ways you can you can reach me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there are any other ways, so. You've got an Instagram list here. I don't know if you actually use it. Oh, yeah, there's an Instagram there, too. I check that on occasion. <laughs> yeah. I really should upload more to it, but... I, yeah, I think the last time I posted on my Instagram was maybe, like, a year ago. Yeah. Well, um, anything else you want to mention? No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, as for me, my main channel is Brody Robertson. I do Linux videos six days a week there. A gaming channel is Brody Robertson Plays. I stream twice a week. I'm playing through Cult of the Lamb and The World Ends With You. And if you're listening to the audio version of this, the video version is available over on the YouTube at Tech Over T. And if you're watching the video version, the audio version is available basically anywhere you can find a podcast. Uh, there's an RSS feed, so 
you know, go and have a listen to that if you want to go and do so. Hmm. It's only 4pm and I feel very tired right yeah, now. Yeah, I need another coffee. <laughs> yeah, I've been sipping on a, a dare this entire time. So. Oh, yeah. I had um, a coffee beforehand. I'll give you the final word. What do you want to say? Um... <laughs> For some reason, the word penis just popped into my head. Sure. Uh, okay. Penis. I don't know why. Just penis. Penis know. game. Best game. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'll catch you guys later.